to Al Heron Talks. This is episode number three. We have a very special guest today in honor of Women's Month. I wanted to make sure that we brought on some fantastic, exceptional women who are doing great things in the world of business and just doing well in the in, the, in life in general. And so uh, Gracie Perez is our special guest today, and she is the leader of the uh, Gracie Perez Mortgage Group, uh, part of the uh, Town Square Mortgage uh, uh, Company, and she is absolutely amazing. And as far as uh, helping people uh, realize the the dream of home ownership, uh, she's got that on lock. She uh, she knows how to um, uh, help anyone who is trying to make uh, home ownership a reality. Uh, she knows how to get you there. If, if you have a desire to make that um, um, home ownership part of your uh, your life and legacy, um, all you have to do is want to do that. Gracie will show you how to get there, and at the end of the process, uh, you'll have a friend for life. So we want to introduce her not just because of the mortgage background, but she has such a unique story and one that is great for any, not just women, but men too, anybody who's trying to accomplish something of some significance, uh, her story is is one that will be inspiring. And so as you know, uh, with this podcast, our goal is always to, to entertain, educate, and encourage. And uh, Gracie has uh, some core principles that she always uh, likes to accomplish too when she's in this kind of uh, setting in a, in a venue like this, and so I'll let her talk about that in just a second. But I want to start, though, Gracie, by just kind of getting every, letting everybody know who you are. But before we get into the more formal uh, part of this, I'm curious as to so when you drove over here from, uh, were you coming from North Dallas? Were you at your office? Yes. Early? Okay. Yeah. So what do you listen to when you're when you're riding around the city? Yes. So I do like to listen to inspirational podcast okay every so often i also li- like to listen to um just any song that will get my energy back okay uh, but today though i was just like quiet the whole time i was quiet i was enjoying the drive i was just observing how people were moving back and forth, especially after the storm last night. Sure. So I was just quiet, and then all of a sudden I was here. Okay, so, okay, yeah. okay. Uh, you know, and I do that sometimes too. I think, uh, you know, we, we spend so much time talking right. to other people and, and hearing so much. So there, there are times where a little peace and quiet goes a long way. Right. It kind of helps you uh, compose your thoughts and uh Gives you some clarity on some things that, that right. you might have been trying to, to figure out. So, yeah. yeah, quiet drives work, too. It's rare that I do that, but uh, uh, today I was listening to uh, – we, we took my youngest son to the movies last night. Yesterday was his birthday. He is 16 years old now, so we – oh, wow, we've got – our youngest is 16, so that uh, – we're getting old. It feels like yesterday <laughs> he was born, and now he's 16. And so we went to go see the movie Creed, Creed Three, and it was outstanding. Great movie. 
and so a lot of the songs I've been listening to today, um, the entry music for one of the fighters was Nipsey Hustle. So I was listening to a lot. Not a lot different from what you were doing, yeah. Grace. You were listening to peace and quiet, inspirational, good stuff. Uh, I was listening to some things that were a little more uh, hardcore this morning. <laughs> so, but anyway, but it's always you know I'm always curious as to what people uh, listen to and how they kind of occupy themselves on those drives and stuff. So cool. So Gracie, let's get into it. You are an outstanding businesswoman, right? And the uh, the world of business is not an, an easy one in the world of uh, finance, uh, mortgages and things like that certainly is not <clears throat> an easy one. But you have navigated that in such a way um, that somebody might take for granted what you had to go through to get to where you are because it right. you make it look easy. Yes. But, uh, you know, just in talking to you and getting to know you, this is this was not necessarily the easiest path. No, for you. it was not. So tell me where you're from and, and, and uh, kind of give us a little background. Yeah, so I think part of my success um, is due to the faith I have. Every time I get in my car and part of that silence when I was driving here, I was repeating back to myself loudly, God, use me for a purpose greater than myself. And if I have the radio, if I'm listening to something else, then I don't concentrate my faith. And so I do it every time I get in the car for some reason. When I'm at the office, I get calls, I get texts, I talk to my team, and not it doesn't mean that I don't necessarily have the time to communicate and have my beliefs right there with me. But for some reason, when I'm in the car, I'm able to say, God, use me for a purpose greater than myself. Um, I think it gives me security. I think it allows me to get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. And I, first of all, I'm super honored that you invited me um, being Women's History Month. I don't consider myself as I've made history for anyone, but I do have my mission in life, which is I educate, I empower, and I serve my community. I think those principles are super important to anyone. Whatever principles are that you have, you always have to serve and give back. I had a question um, somebody asked me the other day, it was related to success, and it was an, a very loaded question. And success to a lot of people could mean a lot of things. But to me is to accomplish a goal, but also to step back to help others around you. Absolutely. That's really what success means to me at the end of the day. Absolutely. Wonderful. And, and it, you know, it's incumbent upon those who are um, – successful and even those who are striving to be successful maybe they haven't made it yet and quite honestly none of us really you know make it make it until you know we'll say we're we're striving we're trying to do something so there's always uh, the journey is always uh, moving forward but at all points of that journey uh, it is incumbent upon us to to reach back and help right. others, and right. so, and I know that about you. I know the the empathy you have, the uh, 
the desire you have to help people. Mm-hmm. And so now you got to the United States uh, relatively you older. were still young, but you were a little bit yeah. older. So, yeah. so give me that story yeah. again, because you didn't you didn't make it here until the age of eighteen, and yeah. when you made it here, you didn't know English. I didn't. So I convinced my parents. Um, I'm the youngest of five, and there is a very um, age gap difference between the four first siblings and me. So I grew up in Mexico um, with my parents. I essentially was the only child with them. And so my siblings were here in the States at the age of 18. I convinced my dad to bring me to essentially meet them, spend some time with them, and then I would go back and go to college. Um, I was ahead in academics over there, so I was able to essentially, you know, just come here to the States, spend a few days a week with them, and then go back and continue my life in Mexico. Um well, when I came and I saw my siblings, I was like, I have a family. And I never forget the very first day I saw my sister. I have two sisters and two brothers. Mm-hmm. But one of them, um, she just kept on staring at me and staring at me and staring at me like if I was like, like, who is she, right? Like, sure. she's my sister, but I haven't seen her in so many years and it that just got to me. I was like, I have a family. And we decided that I was going to stay. My older brother was like, do you want to stay? And I said, I do want to stay, but I think it's going to be a problem with dad. <laughs> and it was. It wasn't easy. Um, so let me make sure everybody understands. So it was on this trip where you, on your 18th birthday, you 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 asked to be able to go and see your mm-hmm. family to in essence meet them yes. because it's been so long yeah. and you're so young and on the trip you decided to <laughs> let your father know you did not want to no, go back oh this is so funny because um and he loves dr pepper the drink okay. the soda <laughs> right and i do too okay i didn't know in mexico we didn't have dr pepper and if we did it was probably very expensive okay. so we never had it at home uh-huh. and um i remember we were driving and he's not the very uh, the most talkative person okay. and i think deep inside he was like she's gonna want to stay okay. you know so on the way here we were driving and he would make a few stops and he would like buy me like things. Okay. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so you, he was already setting up how he was going to try to. He was. Okay. He was. And then I remember the first stop after um, we got to Texas. He was like, do you want a Dr. Pepper? And I was like, oh, I don't know what that is. But yes. Yeah, so it was, you know, a soda. And so through all the way to my sister lives in Alvarado. So we got to Alvarado and he was telling me you know, we're going to go back and probably, you know, we have to go back to Mexico in probably a week. Uh, It'll give you enough time to spend with everybody. And then this is not the country for you to stay in. Like you got to go come back with me and you have to go back to college or, you know, start your career and um, would everything will be fine. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm just going to spend a week with them. We'll, We'll have a great time. I'll get to meet them, quote unquote, and then I'll go back with you. Well, then three days, three days later, um, I was like, I don't I don't want to go back, you know. So I was talking to my older brother 
he has somewhat of more of a um, authority level because he's the oldest okay. and he was the oldest here. So he was like, I'll talk to dad. And I was like, that's not going to be pretty. And he's <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. You want to stay. He's like, I'll support you. And all of us will help each other. out." Okay. And so that's how it was. Um, he was shocked. My mom was shocked. And I was happy that I was going to stay. But little did I know the challenges that I was going to have to go through in sure. order to make it and to show and prove to my dad that I wasn't going to get lost in translation and that I was going to end up graduating and being as successful as I'm hum I humbly am. So, so they let you However, you however your 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 big brother helped convince uh, everybody, but you you stayed. Now you stayed, but you had to. Now, even though you were eighteen, you needed to. Well, yeah, I needed a. I needed. I needed my education, right? right. I promised myself I wasn't going to depend on anybody to translate for me. I did not know any English, but no. Right. <laughs> no and yes. Those are the easiest to learn. Um, and so my um, sister's husband, who is like my dad, mm -hmm. he said, well, we got you. We have to get you in school. And I was like, but I'm 18. And he's like, let's go ask. So we went to Venus High School and they were like, well, she's kind of like borderline supposed to be graduating this year. And. They were like, but we can probably, if her academics are ahead, she can probably, you know, test out of some classes. So mm -hmm. I requested my transcripts from my school in Mexico, and that's what I did. I was, like, testing out of, like, all the math, all the chemistry, because numbers are numbers. So I already knew everything um, that was presented to me. Sure. That's how I got ahead in my academics here in high school. But I needed the language. I needed to know how to communicate and how to speak English. Right, right. So then the best opportunity that I could figure out was I need to become the ESL's teacher assistant. So when I was talking to him, my Spanish is perfect. He was like, your Spanish is great. And I was like, yes, I know. You're like, I was you're like, like, it should be. That how might. can <laughs> we help each other out? Because there is a difference. Uh -huh. um, when you, and, and you can tell right away, like there is a difference in, you know, different levels, different regions of Spanish. Mm -hmm. So I essentially, when I speak Spanish, I don't really have an accent. Um, if you come towards the north, you can tell, oh, you're from the north side of Mexico or the south or the east or the west. Okay. My Spanish is very neutral. So a lot of the times when I'm speaking Spanish to somebody, they're like, I can't really identify the accent. Where are you from, etc." So he was like, I can't really tell that you have an accent. He's like, which is good because then it'll help you teach other people the proper Spanish. But long story short, I convinced my teacher to allow me to be his assistant. And mm -hmm. essentially, I was doing, creating all those um, Spanish tests okay. for them, for him. And I was like, let me grade them. 
And so that's how I was learning English. I also created flashcards, and I was learning a few words per day, and then it became like three words per day, and then it was like five words per day, and then I was like, oh, I'm able to like put a sentence together. And I was depending on my nieces and nephews because mm -hmm. of the age gap between myself and my, my siblings. My nephews are my age. Okay. So I was depending on them to help me translate, you know, a few things. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't needing their help. And they hated it because then they couldn't hide things from my sister. And my sister was like, what is it that they're saying? You know, what are they doing, <laughs> et cetera. So that's essentially then I was like, oh, I don't need them anymore. I can communicate with other people. It wasn't perfect. Sure. Um, I, st I have an accent. Um, but I think I lost um, the fear and embarrassment of I need to speak English with the people around me. Okay. And so now how quickly do you think you became fluent? I think it was, to be honest, probably between six to eight months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And then all of a sudden, like, I remember um, U.S. history. I was understanding. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. And then economics was a thing for me. I was that was my favorite teacher. You know, I could not help, you know, but like to be super excited to go to my economics class. OK. You know. And so then how so how much time did you end up spending in high school here in the States? Was it just I, that? And year? then I graduated early. You okay. know. <laughs> Now, you know, because then I was I was the oldest and I've always been super matured and I had friends. I still have a few friends from high school, luckily, and I've treasured them. But I could tell that my thinking, my way of thinking was completely different. I was like 10 steps ahead of most people. What they thought it was funny, it wasn't funny to me. Right. You know, I kind of like had to like take it you know and just I was just I had bigger goals for me and so they were like well you have all the credits between this and this and that um you don't you don't need to take any more classes so I ended up like graduating early I came back to do the walk but it wasn't like the same mm -hmm. and to me I was like okay like I have to close this door it's so that I can then continue with my education here okay so you yeah I'm sorry so you went so you you graduated back from Mexico, or you mean here in no, Texas? No, here. Okay. So because I started school, you know, in September. Okay. And then by February, by March, I was like done. Okay. I had all the credits that I needed, okay. and they were like, "Well, we have like you have nothing else to do unless you want to volunteer at the office." And I was right. like, "No, I need to get a job." Right. You know, okay. So and I said, "But I'll see you in May." You know, okay. for graduation. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, <laughs> very good. So then, okay, so you go from, and that that in and of itself is, is amazing, that here you are, new country, new customs, new things to get acquainted with. You everything. New Everyone looked the same to me. Okay. Isn't that funny? <laughs> Everyone. <laughs> they all had, like, blue eyes. <laughs> yeah. And so... And you have to learn a new language at the yes. same time. Mm -hmm. And at the in, in in all the while you're trying to make sure you're positioning yourself to where you can independently take care of yourself right. and not so have to I'm go not, back right. to, to Mexico. You can actually create a life for yourself. Absolutely. I was like, I cannot be 
a burden to my siblings, mm-hmm. which they didn't see it that way. Sure. But I was like, in a way, deep inside of me, I was like, they need me. You know, they, and they're all successful. They're like, I love them. But I was like, they need me. Like, I feel like I need to be used for a purpose greater than myself. And so that's that. Yeah, well, that that's, seems to be kind of a theme mm-hmm. of your life mm-hmm. to always be, um, you want to be a contributor. You want to make sure that uh, that you are using your skills and your gifts um, to the the betterment of others, right. uh, which is which is consistent. That's that's what you are. That's what I know of you, right. you now. And so then, so what's the job? So what do we do? We graduate from high school in this brand new oh, country. Yeah, this is so funny because um, they were opening a new restaurant, Italian restaurant in town, and I saw the big sign hiring. You know, hiring day is going to be this day at this time. I show up for orientation. They had not hired me, mm-hmm. but I had my documents ready, right? I was like, you're going to hire me. Okay. Like, you need me, right? And I need you. And um, for the longest time, they would make fun of me because they were like, you were not supposed to be hired. I was not supposed to be hired at that restaurant. Um, but then I think... And you said you were not supposed to be I was Why, not, why were you not supposed to Because they had be already interviewed and they had enough people oh, okay. for that gotcha. restaurant. I was like the extra. Okay. Right? And so they like, I think the hiring manager felt bad and he was like, okay, like we'll have you, you know, be the hostess or whatever. Okay. So I think they felt bad. Deep inside he felt bad. <laughs> right. And he's like, we'll have an extra crew member. Okay. Um, and so I was hired into the restaurant business. I ended up um, traveling for corporate to open most of the restaurants um, in different states. Okay, so how do you, and that's a, a big thing too, is how, how do you get from, you just learned English like two days ago, <laughs> and now you're here at this place, and they're entrusting you to go to other cities to open restaurants. What? What? Tell me what happens. What? What kind of relationships have developed? What have you done that makes them say, "We trust you to go do this"? I've always worked so hard, and I've never taken anything for granted. I took that opportunity as my only opportunity to make it work, right? So I think, I mean, I was always on time at work. I was always volunteering for extra hours. I was training other people. Um, I've always been kind to others, and I think I'm always super positive. And we were working 17 hours a day, you know, so I was always like, we have to make it work. We have to make it work, even if I'm not the owner of the restaurant. So I've never taken an opportunity for granted. And I felt like if I wasn't supposed to be hired and I made it and they let me stay, then I had to pay him back. Mm -hmm. And so I literally started making salads and then I was doing hostess and then I was moving up through all the stages of the restaurant itself where I became um, a restaurant manager. Gotcha. Once I became a restaurant manager, I mean, I, I knew the insides of it in and out, like anything and everything that you needed to know about 
the restaurant, the food, what size should be the diced tomato to be cut. Like I literally studied and I was like, I need to be an expert. Gotcha. They, in order for, for my, for me to keep my job. Now, okay. And so here's, here's what a couple of points here that I think I've picked up and what everybody, if you're listening, you might want to make these particular notes. Um, Number one, I hear you say you had to become the expert. So it was not, she was not satisfied to just show up Mm -hmm. and just kind of wait out the time. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I'm supposed to be here from three o'clock until to close and I'll just, I'm here right. and then whatever I'm supposed to do, I'll just do it. Right. That, that was not your mindset mm-hmm. at all. Your mindset was I'm going to be a plus I'm here right. and I'm going to be a value to this. Right. In fact, this system is going to work a whole lot better because of me mm-hmm. and I'm going to become an expert. Right. And so I'm going to master the level where I am, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm also going to learn the next step and right. the next step. Right. And so that gets noticed, especially in an industry like the restaurant business where you've got a lot of people who kind of come in and come out. No, you know, um, that gets noticed when somebody knows I can depend on her. Mm-hmm. Right. And I, and I know we're in good hands because of her that gets noticed and it gets promoted. And that seems to be exactly what happened to you. So they start sending you to other places. Yeah. So then they're like, we're going to open new restaurants. And I was the type of person that if the kitchen was behind, I had no problem stepping in the kitchen and working right next to the sous chef to help him get the dishes out. Mm -hmm. Right. And he knew that. And he kind of like hated it because I was the only female doing that. Right. I'll be like, okay, what can I help you with? And he would be like, okay, grab this and this and that. And I was like, got it. So I had no problem stepping in the kitchen. I had no problem, you know, cheering on the dishwasher, helping him because we were a team. I had no problem going in to the front and just talking to the clients or helping up front. So then they started opening restaurants and I became part of that team of opening restaurants all over the state. So I was doing that for a little bit. Gotcha. Now you end up though, as you're moving up in the ranks there at the restaurant and you decide that I am interested now in finance. Right. The money was really good. I was still very young and I knew that at the end of the day, I needed an education. And so I was like, I need to graduate from college. What is it that I want to do now that I know been through this whole experience? I thought I wanted to be a nurse. Uh, but then economics, finance, management was at the end of the day, what was good for me, right? I was like, I'm already ahead most of people. If I go into medical school, Number one, it's expensive. Number two, I got to watch my finances because I asked my brother to let me borrow $3,000 to buy my first car. And I promised I was going to pay him back and never ask him to let me borrow money again. Okay. So that was like, I had to watch my finances. I was like, what is best for me right now? Because remember, remember, my parents were not, were not here. I had my siblings, but they had their own expenses, their own family. So the last thing I wanted to be was 
another, you know, expense for them. Sure. Um, so then I was like, I have to get myself in school. I have to get myself a degree. Um, at the end of the day, your education and your credit is what follows you, whatever your goal. Mm-hmm. So then I moved from Texas to Indiana. Um, and then I got married. I had, I have three kids. Mm-hmm. The oldest is 15, she's 15. And then I was like, I'm still not losing track of graduating from college. Okay. A lot of things happened. I ended up enrolling in college and moving to Indiana to Grace College. I graduated from Grace. But when I moved to Indiana, the first thing I noticed, because that's where Grace College is, the first thing I noticed in that town is that there is a church and a bank. A church and a bank. And I said, okay, I have two options here. (laughs) I either go work at a church or I work at a bank. Uh And I was like, I'm going to give the banking industry a chance. So they didn't really have any openings. My resume was like overqualified. Uh, basically, that's what they told me. But then they needed a bilingual um, part-time teller. Okay. I said, that works for now. I've worked ever since I got here in the U.S. I could take a break for a little bit. And um, my part-time hours only lasted one day. By my second day, they were like, we need you full-time. And I ended up moving up to the ladder. Mm-hmm. I ended up being, a, I was a part-time for a little bit. And then I was a full-time. And then I was learning all the sections of how to become a branch manager. Now, are you learning these sections proactively on your own so in other words you're in a particular position but you your interest is to know these other sections oh absolutely i was watching Mm -hmm. the ones that were above me i was listening i was watching the way they would talk to clients i was like what else can i can i learn the banking um, world has great great programs for those that are on the early stages of a career, I was like, I'm going to, they have like a university, you know, each bank. Mm-hmm. So every class that I could sign up for, I would take. Um, I would talk to the teachers. I would talk to my branch manager. And then I started getting promoted. Gotcha. They were like, do you want to move on to do this? Do you want to move on to do customer service, opening accounts? Do you want to move on to um, opening, you know, CDs? Do you want to move on to doing small business loans, right? So your acquisition of knowledge of different things uh, and the relationships that you were starting to to make uh, through uh, the process of learning different things and exhibiting uh, a high skill set as, as far as the jobs you were were given they all put you in a position to where um doors open right? right so so doors open for you and a lot of people say well you know they think certain people get lucky or they think you know this happened only because she knew this person mm-hmm. and knew that person but it sounds like what i've always believed is that if you make yourself so valuable and so indispensable mm-hmm. 
there's always going to be a place for you. Right. And in fact, those who are in in charge, those who have uh, uh, the opportunity to advance your career, they're going to do it because they'd rather see you there than somewhere else doing the same thing. And so it sounds like, you know, you, you, you had it down. And so you move and do all this stuff and then you decide when to get into the whole mortgage thing. Right. Um, so then I got my branch and funny story, the bank, um, was running a promotion for secured credit cards or just any credit card. Because when you work for a bank, it's all about the ratios, the sales ratios. You want to get your client and you want to sell a credit card, a debit card, a check-in, a savings. The more things you have with that bank, the harder it is for you to move. Gotcha. Right? Yes, that is true. That is the tactic. Oh, you know, no, I already have, like, all my things with that bank. I'm not moving. Right? So that is how they keep their clients. Mm -hmm. So I was always number one. Right? Okay. But not because I wanted them not to move, because I took the time to learn my client's story. Mm -hmm. Tell me your story. Why can I help you? What are your needs? What are your wants? How's your family? Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I was always like thinking for the client. I think you should do this. I think you should do that. I think you should um, open this card. I think you should get interest paid on your money that you're not using. Why don't we open a CD for 13 months and let the bank pay you $300? You know, at the time, the rates were 14, 15%, almost 18 and so that's what I was doing. And they were like, well, we have, we just partnered with this credit card company and we're going to run a promotion. And I was looking at the website on the credit card company and they said secure credit cards. And I was like, what is that? And it was to help people establish credit. Mm-hmm. Oh, what? I was like, where has this tool been? Mm-hmm. I was like, anybody that would come in, I was like, how's your credit? Mm-hmm. What is credit? Mm-hmm. What does that mean? Do you mean I need credit? Do you mean I need credit to buy a house? Do you mean I need credit to get a small loan from you? Because I was doing personal loans as well. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no. So here's the plan of action. You're going to open this credit card. And then you're going to put $300 in the savings for that credit card. And you have $300 to use every month. And I would show them. I would teach them. I would guide them. And so, excuse me, that's how I started helping people build their credit. Then from from credit, I was like, okay, I need to give you a personal loan of $1,000 for the next 13 months. So I was helping people establish credit, but I was winning, like, all the contests for the region. They were like, oh, another, Gracie's going to win, you know, like, it doesn't matter what we do, Gracie's going to win. And I was like... It's about the journey and this. And I told the company because they were like, what is it that you're doing that like it makes you? I mean, they had to give me a 1099 because the credit card company had to give me a 1099 because of everything that I was doing. And it was like surpassing the amount of money that you could win in this promotion or whatever. Um, And it's just simply a lot of buyers. A lot of people were not aware of credit so here's what I'm, I'm learning just listening to your story so i think what makes you the reason you're so successful in the whole mortgage business 
is because there is a people skill that you have that is not you centered, but they centered. You're you're more focused on the needs yes. of the client or the potential client, whoever it is, even if they don't become a client of yours. Your 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 focus is them first, you second. I get super excited when I know that the next move they need to make is going to be so good for them. And they don't see it yet. Sure. And they're all scared. Right. But I'm super excited that sometimes I have to hide my excitement because, like, they may take it their wrong way. Right. But I know what tomorrow is going to bring for them. And at the end of the day, it's going to be an amazing move for them. Gotcha. So... Love it. And this makes perfect sense why you're so good at what you do. So you become you, – you, so let's let's fast forward. So you, you're now um, – we've got the Gracie Perez Mortgage Group, uh, super successful. Um, you're able to – you're closing all these loans and doing all this great business. And I noticed that, yes, so you, you, you obviously have a, a – you have high-end clientele, so people who are buying – big houses and things like that. But you also have kind of like how you started in this mm -hmm. whole business. You have some people who are brand new. I don't know how to do this. You have a lot of, uh, a lot of first time buyers, a lot of minority buyers who have not had necessarily a whole history of knowing how this right. situation works. And yet you're able to traverse both worlds, both types of clients. And, and I think the skill set that you have, um, allows you to do that in such a way that uh, you can't help but to be successful because your your focus and your attention is always on the needs of the person in front of you. And yeah, I've never lost tr um, track of myself. I've always kept myself very grounded. At the end of the day, I know where I come from, and you can't really buy love. Right. Mm -hmm. There is. I mean, you can't buy it. So but to to go back and I'll go fast on this. Mm -hmm. I end up I ended up getting my own branch. I was the community person for the whole region. I had lines outside my office for people trusting me with anything and everything. If they got a letter because of this and that, I was able to read it to them and be like, don't worry about it. This is just marketing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I gave my, so then I graduated school, I graduated okay. college, and I said, I have to go back into the real world, because it's northern Indiana, uh -huh. right? It's like country over there. Okay. I was like, there is more, much more things for my people here in Indiana if I go back to Texas and then somewhat make it, I can always come back and show them and probably, you know, hopefully educate, inspire, and serve my community. Mm -hmm. So then I graduated college. I gave the bank a six-month notice to help so that I could train the person okay. that was going to take over my branch. They could never find it. They ended up hiring, you know, somebody within, not bilingual. Mm -hmm. I then start interviewing. So with all the experience that I got at the bank, I was doing personal loans, small business loans. I was doing conventional financing 20% down with my eyes closed. Mm -hmm. No FHA, no USDA, no down payment assistance, none of that. So I was doing my research. 
because I could have found a job at Chase, Bank of America, those big banks, with my eyes closed. Sure. But that's not what I wanted, right? I was like, that's not going to challenge me. Sure. Like, I already know the banking industry. I know I can get a job and I can go work for corporate America. Nothing wrong with it. But I knew that I had a passion for helping people with their credit, with their businesses, with their personal finances, with building a legacy, with helping them advance in the United States. The only way I could do that was to concentrate my career in lending. Mm -hmm. But I didn't want to do a car loan. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't want to be a car loan financial advice, none of that. Mm -hmm. I said, I need to be a mortgage loan originator. So then I interviewed in Texas with a few companies. Everyone said no mm. because I didn't have a pipeline and I was moving from one state to another. Gotcha. The only way I found my way around to a company was if I was going to be somebody's assistant. So I Googled loan officer assistant. Mm -hmm. I called that person, Crystal Parkinson. She's like, yes, I'm hiring we talked over over the phone. I sent her my resume. She's like, "You, I cannot pay you what you're making right now. Sure. I was like, not a problem. I'll take a pay cut. So I took a pay cut. I was her assistant. I basically forced her to hire me, and she'll tell you this. Okay. It's so funny now. Uh, she forgot about me and all of that. And I'm like, I haven't heard back. Like, when do I start? I got in, and I told her, I'm going to be your best assistant. And uh, a few months later, she's like, I'm going to be working for you like pretty soon. Sure, and sure. then uh, within a year, she's like, you need to be on your own. Uh -huh. She's like, you're already being bringing in loans. You have your own contacts. You don't need to be my assistant. And that's how my lending journey started wow. in Texas. And so here's the thing, too. A lot of people need to look at this <clears throat> because most are unable to uh, make the connection in their head that sometimes you have to. Take a step take back a step to back. take a step forward. Yes. And so here you are already, you've been running a bank and doing all that stuff. And here you are having to decide that, okay, I'm going to now go and be someone's assistant yeah, so that I can now yeah. break into this yes. and then make my step forward. Right. Yeah, because everybody was saying no. Yeah. You so, don't have clients. So, okay. You're now, not going to survive. Right. So tell me how, but how do you do that? How do you, because most people can't do it. They can't, they won't see that. They'll say, well, no, I, I, I don't need to be anybody's assistant. I need to, to do this. And so, but they, they, because that's not available to them, even though they think they've earned it and deserve it, and in many cases they do, but because they are unable to, to make themselves take that step backwards, they end up having to go do something else. That dream is deferred. They end up now in a whole other industry. How is it that you were able to fix in your mind that it is okay to take the step back? I'm very determined. And in a way, I've learned that I'm a little hard on myself uh -huh. most of the time. But I've always... I saw so many things in banking mm -hmm. that with my clients that I was like, I'm not going to be in that same situation. So, and I was like, I'm not going to be that person financially. It put me in a different mentality than most people where I was like, I saw it. I saw how people were only surviving on a hundred dollars after they pay rent. Once they get their social security, I saw how many moms were just, 
depending on child support but not working. So many stories I have in my mind that I was like, I am not going to be that person, but how can I help my community? How can I help them, you know, think differently? Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm always constantly thinking on the next goal, the next goal, and it's not about money, right? It's about positioning myself and breaking the narrative for the people that are behind me or that will come after me. I knew nobody in lending, nobody in banking, nobody in college, nothing, nobody. I'm not related to the owner of this or that or that, nothing, nothing. I open every door on my own, but with a serving heart. Right, and that serving heart. So here's... what a lot of people will probably hear in that. I want to make sure they understand properly. So I don't, because you're not, you're not saying that you never got help, that there's nobody who didn't, that, that assisted you once they saw what you were doing. What you're saying though, is that you paved the way for those opportunities to happen. So you, you paved the way to be able to make that relationship happen. That then opens a door right? and that you didn't come with a situation where the, the you kind of had a, a, a loaded deck, you already yeah. you know yeah. you, you didn't have all those those advantages, yeah. and and you knew that and didn't make excuses for it. And there's sorry. nothing wrong yeah. with it because I'm hoping that my kids, you know, are able to take advantage. Right, sure. don't start where I started. Absolutely. And funny that you say that, and I'm glad you mentioned it. I don't believe in self made mm-hmm. because I believe that at any point in your life. You have always had somebody that has been giving you a lending hand. Absolutely. I am no one without my team. I'm no one with my family supporting me. I didn't get here where I am today by just wishing for it. Mm -hmm. I've worked very hard, but also we never see what's behind closed doors. So there has been sacrifices. There has been, you know, burning my lashes in the middle of the night, working, sending pre-approvals at 3 Mm a.m. and starting my emails with, hello, client or families, I promise I'm not drunk. Like, you know, like kind of making it a joke because if my loan officer is sending me an email at 3 a.m., like something's wrong. Right. Right. Um, So I try to start my emails at 1, 2 a.m., 3 a.m. by like kind of like making a joke Mm -hmm. out of it. So that they would kind of like get passed by it and concentrate on getting a loan. Mm -hmm. So I've always been very determined on my goals for a greater purpose. Right. So let's do this because I, I, I also want people to know and understand this, that your dedication to what it is that you do. Uh, making sure that you know all of the the angles, all of the things that can give a client an advantage. You've made sure that you've learned those things. And if you don't know, you're going to go find out because you don't want anyone that is trusting you to make sure that they um, uh, are able to take advantage of, of a situation that's out there. You don't want anybody to miss out because you didn't know. Correct. And, you even had a deal. We were just talking about the other day. There's so many people. We were we were discussing the fact that there's so many people who could actually be homeowners mm-hmm. and are not homeowners right. simply because they don't know. 
they don't know they can. You, you've, you've closed deals here recently where um, people go to closing and they get a check back mm-hmm. at closing, yeah. right? Yeah. So, it, you know, you'll get people who say, oh, I don't have enough money to do this. I don't have enough. Uh, my, my credit is not where it needs to be. I, I don't. I can't do this. And the thing is, they need to just sit down and talk to someone like you. I need like to know you. their story. Tell know me your story. story. Because uh, there's so many programs out there. I just did a um, a virtual class with Dallas Habitat for Mm -hmm. Humanity and um, City of Irving, City of Dallas, City of Mesquite, and Plano. They all have grants for homebuyers. Mm -hmm. And they can be be stacked. So they're stackable grants, meaning that we get you a down payment assistance program from the state – and then we go, depending on the city where you got under contract or where you're buying, we can then also guide you and contact the city to see what other programs they have. Owning a home in the U.S. is not an excuse. Mm-hmm. Not an excuse. So so here's the deal. If somebody says, okay, uh, all right, I believe you, Gracie. Yeah. Okay. I, I believe there's probably a way that I could make this happen. What's what's the? How do they start? What's what do they do? Right. So I want to talk to you. I want to learn your story. You don't talk to my assistant. I take all the calls myself. I make a connection with you, um, and I want to learn. I want to know your story. When you start talking to me and telling me all your worries, I can guarantee that I have a solution for it. And here's what was really cool. When I first met you, you were talking. In fact, you were talking to another agent. You were explaining to them, and I think the phrase you used, "You were available twenty four 7 I was like, and I that I turned around. I think I was doing something. I turned around. I was like, "Who is saying this?" <laughs> and so I looked back, and I'm listening. So I'm not paying. You know, I didn't want you to know I'm paying attention, but. Um, I looked and I was like, okay, so twenty four. How, how does he figure twenty four seven? So I said, oh, let me wait and see what the experience is like with the person you're talking to. And though he tells me about a week later, I think she's available. She really <laughs> is available twenty four seven. He was like, she is net. If I send her a message, no matter what time, no matter what the deal is, she is on top of it. And then what I learned later is that you have a whole team. And so, and 24, and y'all don't do this stuff. Please don't be trying to test her, calling at 3 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Don't do that. What what that really should mean is that she is going to be accessible, and you won't have to worry about a situation where she disappears. Right. Yeah, because the calls that I get from, from my partners, and number one, I'm an extension of their business. That's how I take it. I know that if they're calling me, they're not going to, you know, some of them might, some of them might call me, oh, have you had lunch? You want to go to lunch or whatever, make a connection, but you're not going to call me to be like, what you had for breakfast today, right? right? (laughs) If I see that you're calling me, you have a question Mm -hmm. and you have a lending question, right? So I got to answer that question. If the clients call me, they're not going to call me like, where are you going today, right? They're going to call me because they have a question. So my thing with... With me being available, I'm also a home buyer, right? I've, I've been on that side, and I know what it feels like 
to not have the right answers. I don't want you to go to bed all worried. I don't want you to go to bed saying I never got a hold of Gracie. Oh my gosh. She never texted me back. She never called me back. If I'm on a phone call, I'm, you know, on a phone call and you're calling me, I'm going to send you a text and be like, I'm doing this. I will call you as soon as I can. I go, I finish my day answering everybody back or you know if I don't call you back I send you a text and then we can then be like can we connect tomorrow but so that's why I take it so personal I don't want you to go to bed all worried imagine you know I wonder if my credit was okay Mm -hmm. but Grace is not gonna get back to me till like days later no I'm gonna tell you what your credit score is like and I'm gonna tell you if you can buy a house or if not here's a plan Mm -hmm. but I need you to follow it right Right. So what I'd like to do, um, anybody who is, uh, Gracie and I are going to make this this happen. There are so many people out there right now who need to be in a house of their own. If you're thinking, well, I, don't, I can't pay a mortgage. Well, guess what? You're paying a mortgage. You just happen to be paying your landlord's mortgage. And I used this example one time. I said, what if your landlord sent you a card with a picture of a young man graduating from college. And in the card, the landlord wrote to you, thank you for putting my son through school. Yeah. How would you feel about receiving that? Right. And most people, when they heard that message, they cringed a little bit. And then someone got in their feelings. They were a little mad at me for even bringing it up. But I was like, no, I didn't say that to try to embarrass anybody. I wanted you to know that's what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. While, and then now you got to figure out how to yeah. get your kid to yeah, college. Absolutely. While you've been paying and sending yes. other people's kids yes. to college. So let's stop it. It's time out for that. Absolutely. And and the, the, the thing I want you to do is if you're out there right now and you're saying, okay, all right, Al, I want to take you up on this. Okay, Gracie, I'll, yeah, I want to take you up on it. I want you to commit to that. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do, all you have to do is reach out and say, okay, I want to do this. I'm ready. Yeah. Grace is ready. I'm ready. The whole monument realty team is ready. We want to make this happen. And, you know, I, 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 I didn't want to just turn this into a mortgage conversation because Gracie's got that down. So any, any mortgage question you have, she can answer it. Any mortgage solution that needs to be created, she can do it. I just wanted you to know who she was. Thank you. She's got a, such an incredible story. She's an incredible uh, lender. Uh, I like to, we'll call her a padlock. I'm, I'm calling her padlock Gracie because <laughs> anything mortgage-wise, she's got it on lock, right? So padlock Gracie, who also goes by on, on social media and Instagram, you are the... Miss Mortgage. Miss Mortgage. Miss yeah. Mortgage. And so we'll make sure that we put all that information out to everybody uh, so that they can follow you, and obviously they can reach us. We'll turn them on to you. But uh, is there a way that you'd like to share right now for everybody to contact yeah, you? Yeah, so to? I branded myself. Okay, you're the best asset that you can have. So uh, my website is gracieperez.com. You can find a little bit of my story there. You can also apply on my website. My email is info at gracieperez.com. If you have a question, you send us an email. I use my personal cell phone for my families because 
I want to be your lender for life. You're going to get my cell phone. You don't get my work phone. You don't get like the office. So my number is 972-878-8823. And call me, send me a text, send us an email. Um, we're in Dallas. So we're always available. Always available. Always available. And again, I hope you all got a lot out of today. Um, Happy Women's Month to all the, the ladies out there. Uh, it was great talking to a great businesswoman uh, on today. And so hopefully you got something out of today. Please like, share, subscribe, do all those great things. And uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for having me. You're so welcome. Thank you. Thank you.